Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And I did a previous episode with the West Palm Beach Fire Chief Diana Maddie about crazy 911 calls. And this one's right up there. It's from an Orlando woman who says she's trapped inside her car and can't get out. Hi, um, I'm at the corner of Pleasant Hill and John Young Parkway. I'm in a Walgreens parking lot. And my car will not start. I'm locked inside my car. I cannot open my car. I can't get the windows down. Nothing electrical works. And it's, it's getting very hot in here, and, I, and I'm, I'm not feeling well. I, I need some help. Are you able to pull the lock up on the door and open the door? You should be able to just pull the lock up, even if it's electrical. I've tried it. Okay, so she's got that going for her. She pulled the lock up and was able to get out and she was hot. Well, in a similar 911 call where we have a person trapped and it's getting very hot inside, uh, it doesn't go as well. Not all 911 calls are emergencies like that one, but the 911 call you're about to hear was not only an emergency, it was life or death. 911, what is the address of your emergency? I think my house is on fire, and I'm here alone, and I'm on a walker. So November 23rd, 2018, five days before her 77th birthday, an elderly Polk County woman, Loretta Pickard, was home alone in her log cabin that had a tin roof. Her husband was at a ball game, and she was sitting in the living room. Suddenly, she smelled smoke, so she called 911. She has mobility problems and uses a walker to get around. Here's the dispatch advising arriving units that there is a patient trapped inside. Dispatch engine six. At this time, we've got a caller advising there's someone trapped inside the structure. That's about the only additional we have at this time. Copy, sure you responded for residential structure fire. We're landline trying to get further at this time, but we were advised there's someone trapped inside of the structure. So the victim is on the phone with 911 for 21 minutes. She apologizes. She's sorry. She's like trying to say, I can't move. I need help. I'm sorry. I'm, I know I shouldn't be panicking. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It, this is a this is a very hard situation to be in. The dispatcher is telling Loretta Pickard over and over that help is on the way. Hurry up. Okay, they, these, these questions are not going to delay paramedics in any way. Okay, what type of building is involved? It's a log house with a tin roof, but it's coming from the roof, I think. I don't know. Okay, I have help on the way, okay? These questions are not delaying uh, the firefighters at all, okay? Okay. What should I do? Okay. Okay, is anyone trapped inside the building? Well, I'm inside the house. I don't even know if I can get out. Loretta explains she has arthritis and breast cancer. I've got arthritis real bad and I've got, I've got breast cancer. Okay, I have them coming, okay? They're coming as quickly as possible, lights and sirens, okay? This poor woman must have been terrified. She's all by herself. Her house is on fire. It was just me. Okay. I mean, my husband's at the ball game, and I can't get him. I've tried his cell phone. Exactly where are you located oh, inside right the now house? I'm in, right now I'm in the living room. 
Christmas most sitting there. Okay, if it's safe to do so, leave the building, close the doors behind you, and remain outside. Do not try to put the fire out. Do not carry anything. Do not carry out anything that's on fire. I couldn't, honey, if I wanted to. I'm on a walker, and I can't hardly walk. So... The dispatcher is obviously going through a list of instructions that she's supposed to give when she gets a phone call like this, but she's not really listening to Loretta, who says, look, I'm on a walker, I've got cancer, I can't move. And obviously, this woman cannot get up and walk out. She is stuck. And Pickard's home, her log home, along Rock Ridge Road in North Lakeland was filling with smoke. They're there uh, with you, okay, so... Uh, is, do you know if your door is unlocked? Oh, don't you know? Yes, it's unlocked. Yeah, help has arrived. They are outside her home. Engine 6 is on scene. We have a large residential structure. Smoke showing this time. It's going to be a working fire. Going to give me a power drop. So meanwhile, inside the burning structure, Loretta is still alive and talking on her landline to the 911 dispatcher. <laughs> okay, is anyone injured? No, I'm the only one here. I'm not injured, but my eyes are full of smoke. My lungs, I can't get out the door. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be right here until they get there with you, okay? Okay. Okay, if it's safe to do so, stay low to the floor, close the door immediately. Um... All right, cover it. Get down to the floor, honey. Okay. I'll sit on my walker. That's the lowest I can get. Oh, what is that? So what was that? Apparently it was water dripping onto her head, presumably from the firefighters outside the home. Now, Miss Pickard's family was incredulous, asking why no one entered the burning log cabin in an attempt to rescue her. She was five feet from a door, sitting on a dining room table, waiting for help that never came. According to the dispatch audio, and I've listened to the entire 20 to 30 minutes of it, no one made an attempt to enter the structure or approach it. They fought the fire defensively outside with the main goal of preventing it from spreading to other structures and causing a brush fire. At this point, only half the home was on fire. They know I'm in here, right? Yes, they know you're in there. Meanwhile, there was confusion outside whether or not there was a victim trapped inside the structure. Can you get with a homeowner, see if there's any way they can let us know if there's any people that live here? Dispatch back to command, we advised there was someone that was trapped inside of the structure. Copy that. Engine 6 and 23, what's your ETA? One minute. Copy that, man. When you get here, I need your help up here to structure. Two in, two out, so we can make entry. See if anybody's inside, please. Squad 7 Command, we're at uh, level 1, coming down the driveway. Copy that. I need personnel at the house ASAP, please, sir. Also, the first fire crews didn't have water to douse the flames because they didn't have a tanker truck yet, and apparently there's no fire hydrant. This was out in the sticks. This is a log cabin out in the woods, and there's what's called a water tender. It's a type of firefighting apparatus that specializes in the transport of water from a water source to a fire scene. Command dispatch. Command, go ahead. This is going to be a defensive attack. Copy, 1927. Rescue 6 on scene. On scene, 1927. Command the engineer 6. We need water. Now. 
They were also worried about a downed power line. Seems to have been some discrepancy between the time-stamped incident log and what officials say happened at the scene mainly, whether fire crews ever even attempted to rescue the woman inside. We're trying to make access to you now. It's not the last road before the bridge. It looks like it's the second to last road before the bridge. We need a power drop. Uh, There's a power line down on the Delta side of the house right now. You have entrapment? That one dispatch marked me on the scene. Break. Copy scene at 229. Command, you have entrapment? Chief is too far gone for us to even attempt to make uh, access to the structure now. I'm not asking you to make access. I'm asking if anyone on scene has confirmed whether you have entrapment or not. No, sir. There are no residents on scene at this time. No cars in the driveway, no residents. Understood. What? No one trapped? Uh, that's wrong. Break that one, bat three. Bat three, I want to go ahead. I see your truck. Is there access to the structure in front of you? There's a line laying out. That'll be negative. But this is the correct way into the structure, correct? That's affirmative. Dispatch the command. Command, go ahead. Command, what's the landline? There's somebody inside the structure. Copy that, ma'am. Hello? There is somebody inside. 1930. Command about one. About one. I meet you in the driveway to a face-to-face. Dispatch, can they advise where in the structure? He wants a face-to-face. That means he wants to meet in the driveway face-to-face so their conversation cannot be heard over the radio. What did they want to talk about? They wanted to meet in the driveway for a face-to-face. Hmm. Meanwhile, inside the house, 17 minutes into the 911 call. Okay. Everything is like and sirens right now. They, they know that it's serious to come quickly. <laughs> Okay. The electricity's off now. Yeah, they, <laughs> yes. the electricity's off is what she said. They did that so that way the electricity doesn't help the fire keep going. So they cut that off okay. so that way the house won't like explode or you know anything like that could happen. So that was that's us doing that. That's not the fire, okay? Now, I can understand firefighters arrive at the scene. You've got a downed power line. They could be electrocuted. There's many, many dangers for firefighters trying to fight this battle. Meanwhile, outside... I'm sorry, medium-sized wood frame structure, fully involved. Uh, We will be in a defensive mode at this time. We do have a power line down on the Delta side of the structure. We have no access to fire engines down this road uh, due to trees blocking it. We do have a courtyard fine laid uh, for our water suppression. Uh, at this time, we'll be setting up a tanker shuttle to facilitate water supply. So far? I copy it. Nice to you, sir. Meanwhile, 34-year-old Captain James Williams gets to the scene and takes command. And while Loretta is inside the burning home, he's using his cell phone on his personal Snapchat app. He's sharing the fire on his socials against company policy. In addition to trying to get likes on his social media page, he's also worried about the spread of the fire and a possible collapse. Accountability Command, let's give you an update. At this time, we have the fire stopped in the woods on the Bravo side. We're attempting to stop it from going to the Delta side into the woods. Uh, Half of the structure has collapsed at this time. Nothing further. Meanwhile, inside the burning home, it's difficult to tell the difference between the dispatcher typing and the crackling of the encroaching fire. This is 21 minutes into the 911 call. Miss Pickard is about to be burned alive. This is tough to listen to. It's extremely traumatic. And if you don't think you can take it, stop listening to my podcast now. 
Oh, I seen Byron L. Okay. They're here. They're there. They're there. I'm letting them know exactly what's going on, okay? They are there. Okay. They, I promise they are right there. It's just they have to uh, make their way into you, okay? Okay, but they better run. <laughs> Don't be in there. Okay, ma'am, stay on the line with me, okay? What's your husband's name? Miss Lillian. I'm done, okay. Okay, is all the planes going to hear you? I'm going to hold it. Is the fire near you? Wow. Just awful. Captain Williams, in between Snapchatting, said that he did try to make entry without notifying dispatch and got burned, which was not true. Dispatch, I'm assuming command. Go ahead with your traffic. I mean, he got burned trying to make an effort to save somebody's life. So what, you know, as a fire chief or just a human being, what, what more can I expect of this guy? The family did receive a settlement from the county, $200,000, barely covered the value of the home, but it was the limit that the county could legally pay. It's the maximum liability that any government agency faces under Florida law without accepting any blame. Captain James Williams was suspended for sending a Snapchat video outside of the burning home while the elderly woman died inside. Here's the deputy county manager, Joe Halman Jr. That's in violation of our policy, and he violated, and as a result, he was suspended for 24 hours without pay. That's not acceptable. How is that one-day punishment? How does he have a job? According to the log between the dispatchers and the fire crews, first responders never attempted to go into the house or check it. The document never mentions a person trapped inside. Meanwhile... Hello, family was trying to figure out why she didn't make it out alive. Here is family member Amber Radisson. It, it's a human life. How I, I don't in a horrible death. The family also believed the dispatcher needed to try harder to convince Loretta to leave the home. I was thinking, you know, stop, drop and roll. Is it possible for someone who has mobility issues to get down on the floor and roll? If she's five steps from the front door, she could have rolled to the front door and maybe crawled out i don't know it's obviously you can't second guess what happened but captain williams then resigned initially as you know he was suspended for 24 hours without pay he took and shared a video at another fire so he resigned so he could keep his benefits some argued that he was elevated to the position of captain to promote diversity he had less than two years experience but listening to him on the radio he did sound extremely capable. We are just very relieved that we don't have to worry that another family is going to suffer like ours anymore. You know, I mean, you're right. 
Yes, they know you're in there. I, I did let them know. I, they know you're in there. He made very poor choices. And the Snapchat, I mean, it's, it's all shows an immaturity. So the family got $200,000, you know, a far cry from what Loretta Pickard's life was worth, but really only what the county could legally pay. But the county did make some massive changes to personnel and also to policy. I don't even know if I can get out. Sleep best practices, things will be improved, uh, policies, uh, equipment, staffing. Yes, this is my aunt's legacy. We're going to make our county, the place that we love, better. We're going to fix these problems. No place is perfect, but we're going to make this better. It had to be gut-wrenching because the family does contend that the house was not fully engulfed when firefighters arrived, and yet Loretta was never rescued. Her husband... Obviously, he was devastated. He was at a ball game when this all went down. He has since moved north to live with his son. I can't get over the fact that Loretta was apologizing for being a problem to the dispatcher. But think about the dispatcher. She actually listened to this woman die on the phone. She must have been scarred and, you know, probably has PTSD from that whole event. It was just awful. She was promising her on one end that there was help on the way. It was coming. I'm staying with you until they get to you. Don't give up on me. I'm here for you. And then in the end, she, you know, it didn't work out. That had to be devastating for that dispatcher. My heart goes out to everyone involved. It's not easy when you're on the scene and you're trying to deal with multiple communications. You've got the landline to the 911 caller. You've got the 911 caller dispatching fire rescue. Then you've got conversation over the radio among fire rescue. And then you've got dispatch trying to let fire rescue know that there's a person trapped inside. And then you've got a decision made on the ground outside. You know, we can't go in there. We might die. So you have to look at the big picture. It's a horrible story. It's a horrible outcome. But as her family said... Changes have been made, and this is Loretta's legacy, and hopefully it saves the life of somebody else in the future in Polk County and around the state of Florida. Well, that wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. Check me out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. I hope you're okay. I found this very upsetting. Uh, until next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>